Welcome back to the Beerly Hockey Podcast, Puckheads, presented by Beerly Sports. I'm your host, Phil Razor, and I am once again joined by the Neanderthal, Nate McBride, and the airily dynamic Aaron Kenny. Oh, Nate's already fuming hot under the collar from that one. I can already see it. He's flexing on the camera. Nate, we'll start with you, my friend. How are we doing? What are we drinking? How's life? Oh, buddy, we're doing fantastic. Coming off some uh, some tooth surgery and uh, already gas and bruised to make myself feel better. So, you know, what's a couple? What's a couple of missing chiclets, right? What Fuck. dedication, man! Not even tooth surgery can stop this guy from coming on here and talking some shit. Fuck no, not at all. Uh, it's Unbelievable. Been, oh yeah, been a weekend of recovering, but we're here now and we're loving life and. Uh, liking what we're seeing in this Stanley Cup final thus far. What are you drinking? Tonight, there, going bud? back to the oh. lifty from our guy, going back to from our guys over at Land Grant, the Southern Hemisphere Cold IPA. Love that. Ooh, sounds borderline erotic. Everyone, buddy, be drinking. How's your life, dude? I am doing just peachy because I'm drinking some real white trash limited edition Bush Light Peach over here. Really just getting into the uh, suburban degenerate fucking grilling shirtless in the driveway summer vibes over here while your neighbors just real, just walking getting down real the, trash. Yeah. Real trashy and gross with it. Why well, just waving at your neighbor walking his unregistered pit bull down the road while big T's next door mowing grass tarps off. It's just this is the place to be here in the summertime, man. Good old Eastern Ohio. Absolutely love it. Big Tiger, put it on Big Tiger. He's walking down the street. Boys, I am not having a beer tonight. I'm having something a little stronger because I figured we might need it tonight. One, gong show of a weekend for your boy here. Just Friday night, took took the old lady out for dinner. After, after watching the Man City, I went on there. Went back, had a little dinner, and then I uh, met up with a bunch of her friends out after that. Uh, a bunch of dudes that apparently know a bunch of NASCAR drivers. So we just talked about NASCAR for a long time. I learned a lot. It was interesting. They asked me what my interests were. I told them I like to watch hockey. They all laughed and went, oh, God, we can, we can sit here all night. We're, we're going to educate you on what we know, and then you can educate us on what you know. Yeah, Nate, it's true. Like, the more south you go, the, the bigger it gets. It's funny because, like, down here, there's a lot of people that do watch hockey, but a lot of people that still don't. I don't want to sound like I'm making generalizations, but the hockey crowd and the NASCAR crowd are probably not necessarily the same crowd. So uh, it, it's kind of fun to like meet people that like teach me a lot about racing. Cause like a lot of people, especially from the North, we just think it's, you're going left in a circle. Yeehaw. But you know, in, in all reality, there is strategy behind it, positioning, all that good stuff. that I never know not to mention make of the car, which is entirely different uh, variable that we're used to in sports that most of us watch, you know, something mechanical like that. So it, it's cool. Um, but yeah, you know, I was like, hey, you know what? You guys can check out the Beerly Hockey Podcast. Listen to me talk hockey on your own time. I don't have to do it here. We can talk about whatever you want. Let's, so let's got a little shit pump of the podcast out there, too. Hell yeah. I know. It's perfect. Uh, well, boys, I'm having a little Woodford Reserve tonight. I figured that would be a nice, nice little cocktail for the evening. So I'm having a little bourbon. Uh, is it a cocktail or is it just like straight up fucking neat? Just straight bourbon. It's just bourbon on the rocks. Hell yeah. There dude. you go. Uh, on the rocks. You know, that's how, dude. You know, someone's got to put some some hair on their chest around here. I figured it might be me. Um, Go fucking neat, bud. If you're gonna be talking shit there, who needs those rocks? 
watering that shit down. Get all that hair. Sure, I drank straight from the oh, pretty sure yeah. I drank bottle here on this. Nate, I ripped JMO. We, we drink it in all the time. Um, guys, I want to get into this. Let's start with game three. Get the first two games, Vegas dominated in Las Vegas. We've talked about that last episode. We did, we you know, we dove pretty deep in there. Game three, Florida enters 0 6 all time in Stanley Cup final games. For those that are old enough to remember, 1996, they got swept out by the Colorado Avalanche. So they've never won a Stanley Cup playoff game. And they go into game three, and uh, boys, we can break it down by period, but I'm just going to call it the Sergei Bobrovsky game because if it wasn't for him, this, this shit would be over. Um, we go into this game. And you can say they, that about their whole playoffs, though. Let's, let's be honest. True. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you could. Um, you know, start off game three, right? You know, we're one-to-one at the end of the first. Aaron, what was a big takeaway from you early on in this game? Because it, it, it's been physical. I mean, yeah. we enter, you know, the, the penalty minutes are high. Like, I think it's second highest in history in Pims total right now. And we're only through four games. So, um, break, break down the thir- you know first period of uh, game three for us. I mean, I, I don't know if we should even go by periods as much as just momentum swings in this game. So, like, That's Florida's fair. Florida's fired up. You know, they're at home. They got to win this game. Bob made a ton of huge saves in this game, as you mentioned. Oh. Like, he held a minute. He was clearly bounced back into form after that early pull in game two. And you have Brandon Montour opening the scoring. The the key Aaron, factor Aaron, the one the one speed. No, go, go, go. Sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, it, you're you're good. Uh so no, you're right though. Like there were a couple saves that like directly swung momentum to Florida's favor. And I mean, you have Brandon Montour open the scoring, everyone's feeling great. Not much longer. Mark Stone ties it up. Like, Vegas has shown this resiliency and ability to push back all throughout the playoffs here. I mean, they're they're just calm, cool, collected. And really, they, like you mentioned, it was a Bob game. They, they probably should have won, but Florida just finds a way, man. They go on to extend their lead with March or so. What a fucking playoff he is having. First two goals are power play goals, by the way. The rest were, again, all over Florida. Vegas got a shitload of power plays. Vegas's Vegas's too. Both both both. You mean both of Vegas's goals were power play? Yeah, goals. both their goals were on the power play. So yeah. we get late into the third period. Who else but Matthew Kachuk? He assisted on the opening goal. He ties the game late in the third to send it to overtime, and Carter Verhage ends it again. Matthew Kachuk didn't get a point on this goal, but he provided the screen in front to oh, yeah. hinder Aiden Hill and you know really set this thing up. And it's just. It, when this guy is going, he's going, and when he's not, like Florida just doesn't have the people to fill in behind him. I mean, it's it's really a very star heavy team. Like if Bob's not playing great, if you're not getting a lot from Matty Kachuk, if you know Barkov's not providing shutdown help, it's just not going your way. But they they find a way to pull it out, man, and they're feeling great after that overtime win. Um, and who else? Uh, and who else but Carter Verhage to score the overtime winner? Yeah, dude, but he's been ripping it up his fourth career playoff OT goal. And honestly, if you would put money on other Brahegi or Matthew Kachuk, Kachuk already has three overtime playoff goals. This this playoffs alone, that's tied for a record with Corey Perry. Kachuk scores again, him and Brahegi are tied with four each. That's ridiculous because that puts him like tied for fifth all time. Yeah. So, you know, it's just crazy what they've done. But yeah, Carter Brahegi, dude, just in the slot, 427 in the OT, buries her home. How many people put that for their Bucci overtime challenge? Probably a thousand people. Took Carter Verhage and his mentions easy. Um, big, big in this game though for me, Aaron. 
was the save on Brett Howden, where Bob's kind of fumble fucking the puck around, and he almost has it snagged, and it comes out like he's playing high eye, and it lands right in Howden's chest, like right in his stick, and he rips one near post, and Bob just gets his, you know, gets a stick side blocker on it, and just saves her out. If that goes in, I think Vegas wins Game Three because I, I I don't know if they can come back from that. And Bob just absolutely slammed the door shut. How many point saves did he have on Mark Stone? I mean. Good God. You know, Riley Smith, point blank on him. It was ridiculous how many times Bob was tested. And he's Vegas, fucking, Vegas he's is just fucking head, man. Vegas is just getting in that low slot in those really high percentage areas. And Florida can't do a damn thing to get him out of there. And they're, they're I mean, dominating that. Sick. Yeah, they're dominating that area on both ends of the ice, too. Because on the other end, you're seeing a lot of Florida shots come from the point. Hoping for tips and rebounds and stuff like that, but like, but there's not, nobody there, right? And they're not getting those great. Even if there is somebody there, Vegas's D are so good at just getting their sticks in the lanes and tying people up and not letting them get clean looks. Like you're just not seeing any primary shots come from that slot area from the Panthers, and Vegas is dominating in Florida's end. I mean, I, you saw it in Game One and you saw it in Game Three. Florida comes out very high energy set. You know, they get the first, they get the first mark. Great. But you know, in game one, they weren't able to, to seal it and capitalize on getting that first goal here. They do. Yeah. But, and you know, it, and they were still playing comeback. I, I feel like we're dumping a lot on Florida. Like it was a good performance because they, they it got, was, they started out hot and, yeah. and Montour's goal was a great goal. Nice to see him get one in the back of the net in this series. Yep. And they, and they, yeah. Cause they, he had been kind of cold for a little bit, but they also just come out and they're like, even in the end when they're down, like they just don't give up. That's why I feel like they've made it this far. Like Florida's always willing to battle when it seems like shit's going to be too hard. They're like, bring it on. Let's go. And they, they fight their way back. They come back. They controlled a lot of the pace of play in overtime. And the line matchups really reflected the uh, home ice advantage here because you saw either Barkov or Sam Bennett out against Jack Eichel almost every shift he was out there other than the power play, of course. But it's those guys have really done a good job of controlling him. Um, I don't think he has a point in Florida yet. I might be wrong. Or no, he, he assisted on... He assisted on Marcheseau's goal. Uh, he had a gorgeous, gorgeous assist on the Marcheseau goal in Game 3. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's his only point in Florida. And that was on the power play. That wasn't 5-on-5, five five, so he wasn't matched up with those guys at that time. But when they're but on- again, but, but, it there, but unlike with, but, you know, unlike Florida, Vegas is not star heavy. You know, they, exactly. I mean, they do, rely, they do rely a lot. I mean, they're getting a lot of production from their stars. But they're not reliant on that. That's true. That's true. I just think he's a guy who was a buzzsaw at home in Vegas. And we're we're seeing a lot tighter games now. We're not seeing those big blowouts because you're not having Jack Eichel go off for three, four points in a game. And th- it, they really do have to beat you by committee. So, like, that leaves these games close enough. Both these games are one-goal games. The games have been, Florida's been able to just hang around with Vegas's depth as long as they can keep Eichel from going off and, you know, give him the chance to maybe get a late one to tie it up. And so the big question is how much longer can you keep him held up? You know, can you keep him held up? And I mean, we could talk, we'll talk about it here in a minute in game four, you held him up again there, but now you're going, now you're going back to Vegas. Exactly. In this next one. And you don't have that line matchup opportunity because they had Eichel going out against Sam Reinhardt's line a lot in Vegas. 
because they were able to tie up the Kachuk line with that fourth line. So mm-hmm. now you're going back there. He's going to be out against guys who are way more outmatched now, so I could really see him having a huge night in Game 5. But we should talk about Game 4 before that. Yeah, let, yeah let's get to Game 4 because... I I I want to I want to cap off. Well, Phil, did you have any final thoughts on Game Three? Yeah, my only thing about Game Three is uh, I I still think um, you know going into Game Four, I think the momentum definitely was halted for Vegas. So I don't think the Game Three loss. And granted, we know the outcome of Game Four, but I didn't feel like after Game Three, like oh here comes Florida. I thought man, Vegas is still overwhelmingly better than them. They might tie the series up at two. But I have all the faith in Vegas to get it done at the end of the day. So we'll fast forward to game four now. And, boys, this thing started off hot. Chandler fucking Stevenson. Less than Chandler. two minutes Less than two minutes into game four, and bam, Vegas is up one nothing. Dude, Chandler Stevenson has the first two goals of the game. Like, you, you get him in the first, you know, a minute 39 in, and then you get him again in the second, you know, just a little over five, you know, probably about seven minutes in. Chandler Stevenson, 10, 10 goals in this playoffs. Fucking amazing for this dude. Like, props to him. And he's mm-hmm. and he's just capitalizing even more on this all-star season that he's had. Um, but, yeah, you know, White Cloud with a nice assist there on, the, on his first goal, getting him, you know, getting him – out into open space one-on-one against Bob and just, he made Bob made Bob look dumb dude well, I also just went right around he went right around Ekblad like he wasn't even there well it's because yeah. Ekblad was going for a change it was it was a terrible line change by Florida so Ekblad goes to the bench because he wants to let Montour on because he thinks you know oh pucks in the neutral zone we've been out here for a minute time to go get some fresh legs vacates the middle of the ice and Vegas has been so good, especially like this goal is a perfect illustration of it, of using space to their advantage. So like rather than just looking for their teammates, you know, quick tape to tape pass, your their system is so strong and they're so good at anticipating where each other are. They can just send the puck to an open area and expect that someone's going to be able to skate into it. And that allows the receiver to get it with speed rather than waiting for a pass. And it, it's just really reflected in all the goals they've scored off the rush in this series because they're able to find that lane through the middle and send the puck there before the guy arrives and know that he's going to be able to get it bef- because he knows where it's going before the defenseman does. And it's it's just it's unbelievable the way their team structure has helped them create offense through the neutral zone, especially on the rush on some of those broken plays. Well, and you know what? And Florida had the lineup advantage even here in this game too. And you and boy Vegas just showed Vegas looked like they figured it out they knew exactly what Florida was going to throw at them and they shut them down and very easily yeah and like Phil said like their depth man their their depth really came to play Eichel didn't have a point in this game but it didn't matter because everyone else just stepped up they're so Nick Hague had two two assists yeah yeah it's it's great and like you talked about Zach Whitecloud man we talked about him previously how he's really come on more and more throughout these playoffs and I, I really am impressed with what he's been able to do in the final because he's getting top pair minutes right now. Like, he's going out, yeah. at least in Vegas, he's going out against the Kachuk line or the Barkov line, and he's doing a great job of limiting them. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much in that, you know, that last part of the second period and in the third, you know, when uh, Montour got his, Montour got his eighth of the playoffs, 
getting his second of the series, making it 3-1 Vegas with a solo assist to Barkov there. And then Barkov comes back, you know, pretty early, kind of early in the third period with his fifth of the playoffs. Nice goal with Montour on the assist end on this one as well. Nice snapshot. It was good uh, to see it was good to see their captain step up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Barkov, Barkov had a two point night. Got him, got him the second star. But and he he needed to as well because Matthew Kachuk, he's been dealing with a shoulder injury. I don't know if you guys saw him in warmups. He was basically warming up with one hand, like he was not ripping shots. Yeah. He was not doing anything, and he gets a couple of good chances early in that game, but he really was not nearly as noticeable as he usually is in front of the net battling. So they really needed someone else to take the reins and be like, I'm going to be the emotional leader and like actually produce for this team because we know our guy we've been leaning on the entire playoffs is hampered. Yeah, yeah. Could, well, yeah, Kachuk missing a period and a half to a game three. You know, he's, he's obviously not... Yeah. fully himself. Gudis isn't fully himself right now. Yeah, after he no, took I mean, that hit in game is, three, I mean, he like, yeah, he totally yeah. has looked different. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We're at the point. We're at the point where everybody's got everybody's got him. But now yeah. we're at the we're at we're at the with we're at the the boiling point here where yeah. everybody's just about done. All the injuries are going to come out here in the next week, and we're going to find out that half these guys are. Should basically be in the ICU. Yeah, and should have been for the last month. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think one of the other big things of Game Four too was the ending. Florida gets all the momentum back, right? They they cut it to three two. Vegas hasn't seen a lot. They're on the power play at the end of the game, and if that game had been five seconds longer, Florida might have put one in the net. Yeah, I mean they were they were hawking around Aiden Hill, you know, for the last ten seconds, and and. You kind of had that feeling like, oh, Jesus, we're going to go to overtime again. They're, they're going to fucking do it. really it. did. Yeah, they, you had that feeling. They even had a fucking break, too. With like two minutes left, there was another mad scramble around the crease, and the refs stopped play because they were like, oh, was there a penalty we need to confer? Instead of just letting it play out and calling a penalty after the fact if it was going to happen, they like stopped while Florida had possession, like pounding pucks at Aiden Hill, and just gave Vegas an entire reset there, which was just wild to me. I mean, no penalty was ultimately called, but they just, they, it, it just, it's crazy. Cause it, Florida, and they, it was good for them, man. They didn't let Vegas get that breather. They came right back at them after the stoppage. They just couldn't quite get there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, uh, I mean, Vegas looked like the better team for 40 minutes. I think Florida was better in the third period, but I think through 12, 12 periods, I think Vegas has been better. Yeah. Yeah. And then, eight or, and then eight, all... eight or nine of them, I mean, well, and a lot and of then, that score effect, too, because, like, in the third period when Vegas has a lead, they're not nearly as aggressive. They're kind of going into that defensive shell because they know they can protect that blue paint. So you're seeing the shot totals and the possession numbers for Florida really skyrocket in those third periods when they're chasing the game, and Vegas isn't really taking risks to try to get the puck back. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then and then Bedlam ensues when the horn sounds. No shit. Right hey, as Petrangelo gets yeah. out of the box. Nate, do you have a comment on that? Yeah. Um, yeah, Matthew Kachuk's a little fucking bitch. That's all I got to say. Because, again, this is a guy that's got a shoulder injury. He's real fucking hurt, right? Can't play 100%, but he sure comes to life when uh, that when mayhem ensues, when there's a ref between them, and he can wring his stick around Petrangelo's neck, um, basically giving this dude fucking whiplash out here, like – such a rat move of this guy. Like he's he's always the toughest guy when the refs around and he's able to get a hand and a cheap shot on somebody. 
Yeah, hey man, we compare we com- we compare him to Marshan for a reason, right? I mean, oh, he's I think he's I think he's topped Marshan. I'm not. I I don't think so, dude. Marshan has predatory hits. That's a big thing. Like Kachuk doesn't go. I haven't seen him go out and target somebody's head once. Like I I respect what he's doing. Like he's still got emotional fire and stuff like that. The stick around the neck thing, yeah, that's messed up. But you see that every now. Hell, I mean, we were just talking about how Petrangelo should be crucified for fucking swinging his stick at Drysidle's arm. So like. I mean, you see everyone do shit like this. This with yeah, this there's been a lot time. of karma going back at Petrangelo. Yeah, after that, well, after that it's, move. honestly, I think he's in the surplus now, though, because this is the second time a stick has gone to his throat, and Evander Kane didn't really get anything for that shit going on him before the dry saddle incident. And Matthew and Matthew Kachuk's gonna get nothing. Probably not. No. Florida has been escaping no. suspension this entire playoffs, dude. Yeah, yeah they really have. They really they have. have. They've gotten very fortunate uh, in terms of, you know, getting sussy by the league. So, um, game four obviously went in favor of Vegas. Guys, the series sits at 3-1. to one. We have game five on Tuesday night. We're recording on Monday night. So, by the time you guys hear this, you know, game five tonight. Nate, we'll go to you first. I think we're all thinking the same thing. So, let's talk about what what does Florida have to do to win and force a game six? Guys, I don't. Is it Alex Lyon time? I mean, nah, no. Bob won no, him Game so. three, and he like he allowed a few goals in Game four, but a lot of them were bad defensive breakdowns that weren't his fault. Yeah, the Chandler Stevenson goal was not his fault at all. What's he supposed right. to do? No, I'm not. I know. Again, I'm not. Not every time has it been the goalie's fault that. But again, it's it's a change. It's something that maybe Dude. this team needs to. I just think that, like, if you're going to change things, here's my counterproposal. I think they need to change these lines up. Like, Matthew Kachuk's not 100%. You you need to get some... I would love to see Verhage drop down to that line and see what those three can do. Like, have, yeah. bump Kachuk maybe down to the third line, have him play that disturber role, give him power play reps. Maybe bump Reinhardt up in his spot. Reinhardt, Bennett, and fucking Verhage. Like have that behind Barkov and Duclair and then, like, plug and play the other guy. It, I really think that they need to mix up the forward looks a little bit because what they're doing right now is not working. I would leave the goaltending alone because that's the one strength of your team right now, basically. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is. I, I, I'm with Aaron there. For me, switching Part of this is because I have huge. a future on Bobrovsky, Con Smythe, too, though, so, like, not completely unbiased. I want to see him get, like, three shutouts and win me some money. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that, that's fair. Do you think there's anybody that's currently not in the Florida lineup they could consider putting in there to try to switch it up? Anybody who's been health bombed or anything? No, no, they don't. They don't have shit back there, bro. That's they, the thing. Like they don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, I, unless I just, you know, unless Patrick Hornquist wants to come out of retirement and jump in, I don't think that's happening. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's it's a good point. I for, dude, Patrick Hornquist was so good for those Pittsburgh Penguins teams that were yeah. winning cups. Um. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, because I I mean I want more hockey, but I just don't see a way Florida wins Game Five. Uh, it doesn't look good. It really they, doesn't. They, they 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 didn't have an answer for they didn't have an answer for Vegas when they were in Vegas. I mean, and you can, I mean, they kept it close. They at least kept it close in Game One, but well, actually, no, they didn't. What what the fuck am I saying? It was five two and seven two. Like they didn't. 
Florida had no answer for Vegas. That was five Florida times an empty net, though. That that game yeah. was close until the third period. But, yeah, in the third have, period, it got away from them. They have to ambush Vegas. They have to ambush them. They, they need, have to get out two or three goals. Yeah. Or two or three goals well, in the they, first. I think they've been trying to do that by hitting the shit out of yeah. them. But that doesn't seem to they've, be working. So they They've got to... Gotta, you know, They've got to start entering the zone with possession, dude. Like, yeah. Vegas is killing them on the rush, and Florida can't get those rush opportunities. They, they're they slowly getting away from the high flip and, like, chase down on the forecheck, but Vegas is too—they're too prepared for that. Like, they've got to start doing some speed pass plays on the rush and try and generate some turnovers in the neutral zone to get some offense going because they're— if they let Vegas get set up in their own zone, they're not going to be able to get to the middle of the ice. But if they can get some quick transition off the rush, and they're a fast team. Think of Duclair, Verhage, like those guys can burn. So if you can get them the puck in space through the neutral zone, I think you can start to generate something against these bigger, slower Vegas D, at least get a chance before they get set up down there. But mm-hmm. it's the big key is Bobrovsky, man. He has got to turn in the game of all games. We've got to see him just slam the door to give the Panthers enough time to score more goals. Like, because Vegas is going to outshoot and outchance him, I feel like. You've got to see Bob from the Carolina series come back. You got to see really Bob do. from That's... game three or game two in Toronto come back, man. That, I think yeah. that was his best game of the playoffs. And you got to have him be better than that. Can he do it? If Vegas has a two goal lead going into the third period, it's over. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can dust that cup off and walk her down there with the, the beautiful white gloves and hand that over to Gary Bettman, who will, in turn, hand that cocksucker right over. Uh, I, I'm worried about this game being competitive, let alone Florida winning. Personally, maybe I'm maybe I'm the outlier here because a team with its back against the wall, a caged animal is going to come out swinging. But how much fight does this caged animal really have left in it? I, I had one question about Vegas's resolve going in here. Like maybe the moment's a little too big for them when they have the chance to win the first cup in franchise history, even though it's only been six fucking years, but still. But they put that to rest in that Dallas series, man. They went into Dallas and put on the best game I've seen of a playoff team since Colorado fucking dusted Edmonton. Like they put oh, yeah. the most complete effort of over a year and just slam the door on Dallas. And I think that they're going to try and do the same thing against Florida. It's that's why I'm saying it's got to be the Bob game. Like he has got to give his team like a period to wake up and start reacting to what Vegas is doing. Cause I think Vegas is going to come out and just, it, they're not going to have any space to work. I've talked about how Aiden Hill is young enough and dumb enough, you know, to be successful. I think the Vegas franchise Look at franchises all throughout the league that have that that playoff burden on their backs. I mean, I think the number one that comes to mind is Toronto. Fucking Christ, this year they were, you know, everybody was laughing that they finally won a series. They got out of the first round for the first time in 20 years. It's a franchise that doesn't want a cup in 55 years. Those players feel it a hell of a lot more than anybody in Vegas does. Vegas came in with no expectations, made it to a cup final year one. Okay, they missed playoffs last year for the first time. That clearly pissed them off. You know, they made some changes. They brought in Bruce Cassidy. And, you know, they went out, made great deadline moves, bringing in guys like Barbashev. You know, they went out and got Jack Eichel last year. Didn't pan out for them, you know, they had a last year. But holy shit, if you tell them 18 months later, they're one game away from hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup, and Mark Stone passes it off to him, fuck me. 
you take that every day of the week by missing playoffs last season. So I, I, I think, do think this franchise has expectations though. Like they, they, they no, do now not saying like they, after the last saying, few years. I'm not saying they don't have expectations. I'm saying there's no pressure. They don't have any pressure on. Them. I think you're always They're, under pressure. If you got a there's, chance, there's, maybe, up, there's maybe the slightest bit of pressure, but it's, it's nothing. It's the nothing players like put compared... themselves under pressure. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Nothing that, well, like... they're the ones on the ice. That's what I'm saying. So the like, media, I'm saying, and, like, and the even the coach, media. dude, Bruce Cassidy's lost in Game Seven in the Cup Final before. Like, you don't think he feels pressure to actually get over the hump this time? I, I think feel... there's more pressure on Vegas than Florida for sure. There's no pressure on either one of them. That's why I think it's been a deadbeat, bad rating series. There's no, there's no protagonist antagonist, and there is no pressure on either franchise. Because Florida doesn't even have a fan base, first of all. They so, do now. They're it's a, it's one. A, it, it's a fake fan base. It's a temporary fan base. They, if they if they can do it for multiple years in a row where they're competitive in playoffs, they'll build a following. Yeah. But they don't really they don't really have a following, much of one. And then flash over to Vegas. I agree. They're you know before the Raiders got there, they were the only ticket in town. Now they have an NFL team, but like we've said, transplant cities pick up hockey way faster than they pick up NFL. You know, football, most people have a team already. So if you move there, you're still going to be a fan of wherever city you came from, whatever team you are a fan of, and you'll just go tailgate Raiders games. You may or may not have had a hockey team before you got there. So for Vegas, I think the fans are – I don't think the fans put pressure on them. I don't think it's a Boston or a Toronto or even a fucking, you know, Detroit, a team that's won 11, you know, 11 Stanley Cups. But yeah, fans they're, they're not like an original but, six pressure, but like – they're a big market now, and they got a big fan base that expects success. I don't success even think they have. They've always been in the conference finals up until this past season. They don't even have the pressure of a Dallas, though. Dallas is such a crazy sports. Oh, I, I think they have the pressure of a Dallas. I think they have more pressure no. than Dallas, honestly, from the fans. They have less pressure than Dallas. They have less pressure than Nashville. You don't think everyone in say... Dallas is distracted by all their other teams? No, I think I think when it comes to a, like a city like Dallas, a sports city like Dallas. They're so hungry for a title because the Cowboys have been irrelevant for so long. The Rangers have lost two World Series recently. The Mavericks got them a NBA title in 2011, but that's their only one ever. I just feel so like over a, a lot of people in Texas, I feel like, are indifferent to the Stars. They might be, but in all reality, that it, they it's a great sports state. Right, so if yeah, you I'm are, not arguing if that. You are, if you are a hockey fan or you just love Dallas in general, you know, you're going to support the Dallas Stars. And that's an entire state, a very populous state with one team. I think so, we should do a poll on this. Who has? We should, yeah, it's yeah. Good. That's that. That'd be a good poll. Like, throw Vegas, Dallas, maybe a couple other teams out there. Which team has the most pressure? I put Vegas up there with pressure with like San Jose. When they're good, people are stoked and everybody goes. And Vegas has never been bad, so we we can't really speak for them being down. But like they missed playoffs last year. That's an easy time for people to jump off a bandwagon. They didn't. But they've only been around for six years, so yeah. you know the sharks. The sharks have been around longer than that. But you know the, the Bay Area has so many titles that you have to be a real diehard hockey fan for the Sharks' lack of success to really piss you off. But I think Vegas being so new, pro sports only being a six-year-old entity or highest-level pro sports, they've had minor leagues forever. But you know that level of professional sport i think vegas doesn't have the media pressure i think the media loves them because they're fun and different and i just don't think that that pressure is on the franchise in the way from an from an external perspective i think it's all internal yeah I think it's players players want to win a cup high, Cassidy, i know I, I agree 
that, but that that's what I'm saying. I think that's why the ratings for this have suffered. It's not because it's two quote unquote smaller markets. You know, Miami's a huge market. It's not a hockey market. But I think one of the biggest differences in in this series is you go back to series like anything with Tampa, Tampa's the enemy because they win all the time. And then you go back to like 2019, right? You had Boston and St. Louis. St. Louis is 50 years with no cup and Boston's big, bad Boston. There was a clear America and Canada's sweetheart team and then the bad guys. This series doesn't have that, you know? I, I think a lot of people view Vegas as the bad guys, though. The expansion <sighs> team that got handed everything. Like, there was a Twitter poll a while back, actually, and it was like, I think there were two states out of the country that were rooting for Vegas. Everyone else was rooting for Florida. Yeah, because Florida's the underdog story, and Americans love the underdog Yeah, people story. just also, you don't see it that distributed for an underdog, though, bro. It's like, people don't like Vegas. Just, like, you were bitching about Vegas earlier this year on this podcast, and we have no I always bitch about Vegas. Maybe it was Nate. Yeah. Somebody, like, yeah. We both, yeah. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll bitch about Vegas all the time, but it's, I'm still, but here I am actually kind of rooting for Vegas in this playoff because I hate Florida. Okay, so you got your own <laughs> villain. <laughs> Yeah, Nate so they're both own, villains. Nate, that's why. Nate, Nate, they, made they his, are. Nate went out there and made his own villain. Guys, we'll see what uh, what ends up happening here. Uh, you know, game five tonight. As you guys are listening, um, you know, if you guys uh, think that there is pressure on Vegas or more pressure on Florida, tweet us. Let us know at Beerly Hockey. You know where to find us. Make sure you hop over to the Instagram after that too. Go check out our store at Beerly Sports. See if there's some merch on there you might like. Make sure you. Uh, Cop a t-shirt for the boys here. Maybe grab a Batman Hates Us shirt as well. Um, and make sure you leave a five-star review too. Uh, guys, I, you know, we, we've talked about the series, you know, game five, you know, we'll we'll come back to it after it happens, whether good, bad, or ugly. It'll definitely be ugly. We know that for, for a fucking fact. The series is ugly. Um, who would you say is the front runner if this ends in five then aaron will start with you who is your con smith front runner dude i'm so tied between fucking jack eichel and jonathan marcia so like it's so close marcia so has made a case but i think the story of eichel and his production together and especially if he has a big game five i think that's going to push it over the edge for him i, I think it, I, I don't know man i, I I don't know, man. Marsha show, Marsha show going up against his former team in Florida, producing like he is, especially in this Stanley Cup. Yeah, I I could see the case for both for sure. I'm just thinking. Like, I think I, I think the recent. I think the recency. I think the recency. I think depending on, especially depending on what happens in Game right. Five. Now, like if if Eichel goes out and has like a fucking hat trick or four point game in Game Five, yeah. then that might then that his. could get it for him. But if if he doesn't and Marsha Show goes out and has at least like a two point game, I think it could I think it could go Marsha Show because of the recency bias that that's been shown yeah, by him. I could see that. I, I think you're right. I think a lot of it rides on each his performance in game five. But those are my two front runners right now. I think you and I agree on that. Yeah. Uh yeah. And, and then like at kinda in third place, hanging back there, maybe like in like an Aiden Hill or or a Mark Stone. Yeah, I could see Stone over Hill, maybe. Like, Hill's had a huge impact, but, like, if this was finals MVP, yeah, I'd totally put him up there with the other two. But since it's full playoff MVP, the fact that he didn't come in until that Edmonton series, I think kind of hurts his case. Just body mm-hmm. of work perspective. Yep. What do you think, Phil? Who do you got? 
Ivan Barbashev. No. I Dude, mean, he's been good too. <laughs> it's hard impact. to make a case against anyone on Vegas, really. I know. Impact the impact he's had on the team is is invaluable, but it's not Con Smythe worthy. Um, I think the sexy pick is Jack Eichel. I think the smart pick is the hottest sniper in the league right now, man, Jonathan Marsh. So um I'd give it to Marchie personally. The man has been on fire. Uh and he's you know, he's been in Vegas since the dawn of Vegas, and I think it would be He's got he's got like twenty he's got like twenty six points in the playoffs. Yeah. It would he's, be apropos it'd be, very... it'd be apropos to give it to him. Yeah. He's got he's got like thirteen he's got like thirteen goals and twelve assists. So Yeah. He's been a strong producer the entire time. Um, boys, do we have any other tidbits, thoughts, hot takes, anything on the series before we wrap up the series talk and we can discuss other hockey happenings? One thing, not not just to go back to the officiating all the time, but like, I thought it was hysterical how like they, they dished out like a million penalty minutes in game three and each team got one power play in game four. But, like, the games were played the same. But they're going to go back to the league office and be like, oh, check this out. We we threw out all these 10-minute misconducts at the end of game three, and then nobody took penalties in game four. When really they were taking penalties, they just chose not to call them. Like, the officials just changing the way they ref on the fly is absolute fucking gremlin behavior from them, and I'm fucking here for it. It just adds another layer of entertainment to this series. Which makes it makes it harder to watch in my mind, honestly. Like oh, it's, dude, it's it's making I, I get it. That's why I think it's like entertaining. Like it's hard to watch, but at a certain point it crosses the line from like pissing you off to just being hilarious if they're just like, We don't give a fuck. We're gonna do whatever we want. They're just like Yeah, honestly. Honestly flopping that yeah. hog on the table and being like, Mine's bigger than yours, I'm gonna call whatever I wanna call, bitch. Fucking love it. Yes, sir. What about you, Phil? You got anything else on this series? Um, no, I just, you know, I think Florida might be uh might be dead man walking. It might be might be the green mile for Florida. That flight to uh to Vegas is their Michael Clark Duncan moment. Where they have carried the weight of the world on their shoulders and they know a little too much from what they've seen and done. But right now it's time for them to go sit down and uh get the old electric chair ready to go boys i i got i gotta disagree i think the vibes are high on that flight this this seems like an unshakable group like they they don't know when to quit they might be fucked but they're not ever gonna let anyone realize that they think that well that's exactly what i'm saying michael michael clark duncan rest in peace did not let anybody know tom hanks was like he's in good spirits the whole time he carried the weight of the world and he would just suck it out of your soul not, not in the sexual way, though, boys. Uh, Put your fucking hands down there, Nate. Um, no, that's kind of how I view this. It's kind of how I view this. Uh, this Florida team, though, it's kind of like their Green Mile, man. That flight track over to Vegas. I think they're dead in the water. Unfortunately, I think Vegas takes her home in five, and I was two games off of my prediction. So, I thought I thought that Florida steam might go a little further, but evidently the steamboat just ran out of water. Um, hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, we get a game six. I want as much hockey as we could possibly watch. Um, boys, do we have any news from around the league or any other? It doesn't have to be NHL. Anything else we want to talk about before we wrap her up? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to point out the fact that Breadman went full fucking Heisenberg, shaved his head, oh. um, and yeah, and here Bruh. and here, yeah, and here's the here's the quote behind it. Um, Artemi decided to make a drastic, a dramatic image change 
to reset the previous unsuccessful stage of his career when the Rangers were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Um, this new stage in the fight for the Stanley Cup. An attempt to remove evil forces that may be in the hair and interlocular and interlocular close to the athlete told Match TV. So anyway, this dude's trying to rid evil spirits from himself and his team by shaving his fucking head. And bro, that's when Patrick Line did that same shit, bro. I was like, come on, man. It's <laughs> It, I whatever you got to do to make yourself like mentally reset like I'm all for it every, every person has their own routine but like that's that's really sad man that the devil's just broke bread like that like I I'm very very sad for the effect that series has had on this man he's in a dark dark place evidently holy shit yeah that's damn. fucking brutal hopefully he's speaking in a of good the place range, now with those evil spirits out though and speaking of the Rangers, it sounds like Peter Laviolette is a front runner for the for the head coaching job up there. Color me shocked. Yeah, I it was between him and John Hines. Nobody was hiring fucking John Hines. Come on, let's be serious here. He went on a nice little run at the end there with Nashville, but like, yeah, no, not he's not moving the needle for anyone. Um, I just I, I that's why I I still don't get how Andrew Burnett moved the needle for anybody. I mean I, that guy really that guy really did fucking nothing dude, with the, a Florida an, team. The analyst community is so fucking high on him and he did have a lot of input on that Devils offensive system, but like again, the inability to adjust against Carolina. Like it's Yeah. Hopefully he has success in Calgary. I I'm rooting for Calgary a lot this year, man. They made some good changes. They got rid of Daryl Sutter. You mean Nashville? In in he in Nashville? Uh or oh shit, I'm sorry. I I forgot Calgary hired some no name minor leaguer bummer uh yeah. yeah let's go let's go nashville andrew burnett in nashville uh that's that's kind of a fun franchise they're gonna be <laughs> rebuilding for a little bit here though i think um yeah that's that's my andrew burnett take there you go bum that we didn't get Lavilat though i would have rather had him than babcock in columbus they're like do you want to live out by the zoo in columbus or have a penthouse in manhattan and he was like i think i know what i want yeah He'll we'll, he'll check us off the list at some point though because he is going to coach for every metropolitan team. He's already got five of them now with the Rangers. Oh no! I hope he comes to Columbus. I'm just saying that was probably his mindset. Yeah, for sure. No, <laughs> my, I'm just saying we gotta wife, wait. We gotta wait for him to get fired from New York. Then we'll probably be next on the list once Babs is out of here. My my wife wants a bodega instead of a a backyard. So we're gonna we're gonna take New York City. Tough tough look. I know. Brutal, brutal scenes, brutal scenes. Um, yeah, I don't really have any any other news of the guys this summer. That's a, yeah, that's I, all I got. I got I got a couple things here. So speaking of Columbus, uh, not to be too jacket centric here, we did have a couple of trades take place since we recorded last. Uh, well, no, we did the the Provorov one happened before. We already we talked about Provorov, but, we, but we Severson. About... Yep, we got Damon yeah. Severson coming over. Uh, sign and trade. Don't see that very often in the NHL. Eight year contract. No, no. And we, we've got our defense pretty much locked up here. Uh, sent over, I think it was like a third-round pick for him. So it not, was. not it too was. high of a cost. Um, and that's what I was saying, man. You need a reliable right-handed guy to play next to Provorov to make that trade worth it. And they just locked one up for a while. So they're they're making good supporting moves there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's 
it's looking up hopefully i'm looking at this through an optimistic lens and hoping they just didn't fuck the reboot yeah, up by ending I, it early I, I think i think it's a smart move i agree i agree um a third round pick, a third round pick has a very low percentage of you making it to oh the yeah NHL, no so. i well it's not really the fact that like we got him for only a third round pick like that's that's awesome like i i think that's a great deal but just the fact that he wanted to come to columbus even after they hired mike babcock because like the overarching attitude is that everyone in the league hates him. So, but when interviewed, his agent reported that was not, there were no concerns about Mike Babcock. So I, I think that's, that's kind of a good sign. Maybe the attitudes aren't as negative towards him as the media portrayed. And maybe we can make some more moves and attract some more talent. Let's do it. Um, of, of course the media is, of course the media is going to portray, you know, worse attitudes because they're going to inject their own hatred towards the guy because true. very true because uh, besides our friend jeff sabota i'm guessing a lot of these writers got bullied uh, <laughs> haven't we all been well, bullied I, at some point in our lives absolutely I think, I, I'm, I think i'm a better person for my bullying yeah absolutely Nate, you gotta get you gotta get bullied a little bit in your yeah. life Nate gets bullied every time we come on this podcast look at him he's fine fuck you <laughs> <laughs> that, that was an example of phil bullying nate Nate, I think we need to push back and protest. Nah, I'm good. Cool, love it. That's hey, that's what bullying does for you. Thick skin. Thick skin, absolutely, boys. Hey, to the listeners, this summer, uh, we're gonna come out with some fun content in terms of us uh, interviews. So stay tuned. In the summertime, we're gonna, we're still gonna have content for you. Um, don't worry about that. You know, once Stanley Cup ends, we'll definitely have some free agent talk, free agency talk. We'll just we'll do a little slight draft recap. We're not gonna be diving seven seven rounds balls deep into the draft, but we'll certainly talk about the first round and maybe some, some shock decisions, maybe some trades. You never know. Big players on the move, always possible around the trade time. So around the draft time, sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, boys, that should just about wrap up this episode of the Beerly Hockey Podcast. Aaron and A, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap her up? Negatory Ghost Rider. Yes, All right, I don't either. So, for Aaron Kinney and Nate McBride, I'm Phil Razor saying, Beerly Hockey. Pairs well with Bruce. Hell of a broadcast, boys. <laughs>